For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's he listening to? Same song, over and over. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. Uh, uh. We got Bow Wow in the house. My man Lil Zane. Uh, Lil Wayne. Sammy Saint took me. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of your favorite college baseball podcast, Believe in College Baseball. I am Alan Stiles with Orlando Razo. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, or Luminary. But if you didn't know, you can listen on all those platforms. Now you know. And while you're there, be sure to rate us. Download our episodes. If you like us, give us five stars. If you don't like us, don't give us five stars, but at least let us know why. So Orlando, no guests today. It's, it's a weird episode. I, that's the best adjective I can come up with, with the minor leagues being canceled for this season. Uh, we're really just going to get into that. What are, you, what, what are your thoughts? What were your initial thoughts when the news came out? This... I mean, 2020 has mercy ruled the fuck out of us. Like it is, this isn't just, this isn't just 12 after four. This is like, it was 20 after one when Kobe died. Like that was right. You know, obviously there, but I mean, ever since the year started, it's been a, a fan of just steaming poo in our face where we have COVID we're dealing with racism, like racism and COVID are like teaming up and, right. and just trying to, to kick our ass pretty yeah, much. Just steamrolling the whole year. Steamrolling the entire year. And it, you know, I'm not going to say it, it's culminated cause I don't know what, I don't know what else is in store for us, uh, you know, with this year, yeah. but uh, it, the cancellation of the minor league season is, I mean, that's devastating to a lot of people that, you know, we are, that we know. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a tweet. I would cite them, but I can't remember who it was. And they said, I hope 2020 is a second half team. And I thought that was pretty funny because that's really just the only hope we have. And to your point, our thoughts go out to all of the guys that we've had on this show. Some of the guys that we've had on this show had a tough go after the first cut. And now you have this situation where it's not a cut per se, but I don't know the rules. I don't know if you've spoken to anyone. Are they just going to go try to play indie ball, like contract wise? What are they able to do? It is very interesting right now. So, people have no idea 
And like, that's pretty much been the consensus since the pandemic started is just like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea anything. And that still hasn't changed, you know, unless you're on that taxi squad, unless you're on that big league mm -hmm. club, you have no idea what's in store for you. And I, I know that they have improved or they have approved them to, I saw they improved them that they can play indie ball. Okay. But you know, and we can talk about the players right now, but I mean, also you got the, the commissioner of minor league baseball saying like half these teams are going to either need government bailouts. You think the government's going to bail them out? No. They're going to either need government bailouts. They're going to be sold or they're just going to go flat out under. So is it possible that – because there's stadiums, and I don't know – I would imagine it's not completely cheap to make a stadium. So you have all these stadiums. They're either going to become dope high school fields for these kids near the area, or you're going to have a situation where – and we're starting to get into, you know, some of the topics that we want to touch. Is it a situation where indie ball starts getting pretty juiced up and some of these teams that used to be minor league teams are now indie ball teams? Um, it's, it's definitely something that I could see happening. Right. And, and obviously our, our first thoughts are with the players that, that truly don't know what's going on. I think that's all we can say is that, you know, number one, we're devastated for you. And, and this, I know so many people that like, this was their year. This was their make or break year. This was, you know, rule five, whatever that may be, but just, you know, like that it's gone. See, so yeah, you know, we, we talked about that with Pete Hansen when he said, you know, that the seniors on my team, is it was just over for them. So, right. you know, you think about guys like that, but going back to your point, yeah, like is this some of the other changes that are going to come of this? It's going to change minor league baseball, similar to the way the draft, you know, is probably mm -hmm. going to be changed. It's going to change minor league baseball forever, where I don't know if you have double A AA and triple A, or high A, double A, triple A, but the lower levels of the minor leagues are in deep, deep doo-doo. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, though, and you can answer better than I can since you played, what was, and we can, we can do this past this level, but what was really the purpose of rookie ball? You know what I mean? I'm someone who was draft eligible throughout all the years of the 40 rounds and didn't get a call. And I'm sitting here saying, I would have loved to get a call, but I don't even think 40 rounds was ever necessary. The same way I don't think, and we'll talk about like what your limit would be for the rounds and what your limit would be for how many levels do you need. But rookie ball, the only people getting cut from rookie ball are like older college players that really just can't, it's like, okay, you are already 22, 23. You should be, you know, way past this goodbye. But it's not really like, you know, nobody's really going there. If you sign someone, you know, in the first round, if they even go to rookie ball, you're there to just make sure, like, to, to just get them warm. Yeah. And there are like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's about three levels, too, of rookie ball. But the the first level of rookie ball, I've always talked about, I'm glad you brought that up, because it is it is a melting bot. It is a a hodgepodge. I don't right. even know if that. It's a hodgepodge yes. of future MVPs, 
maybe a former MVP that's rehabbing. And like, because we had Andrew Heaney from the Angels right. pitch against us in rookie ball. And like, you know, we would have big leaguers sometimes get ABs for us in rookie ball. So it's a mix of future MVPs, maybe former big leaguers, all stars, whatever, rehabbing. Good college players, really young, really solid Dominican players and, and Latin American players. I shouldn't right. just say Dominican, any Latin American player that are really young and just kind of getting started. Like some of them are 17. Right. Like, like the guys we see on um, like Ben Badler, you just signed in July for 2.5. Right. Right. A lot of those guys, like those, the cream of the crop, young, young Latin American ball players. And then you have the, these kind of dudes that are just get drafted out of college. Some of them suck. Some of them don't. <laughs> some of them throw 85. Some of them throw – like the range that you just see of player and, and, and level. And it, any rookie ball game also is a circus. Like you, don't, right. you have no idea what's going to happen on any, yeah. given, on any given night. Like you could see someone huck one seven rows into the stands. Yeah. You might see like a rookie of the year moment where an outfielder will just throw a ball over the fence. There was one – my very first rookie ball game. And the other thing is the umpires, because that's also the lowest level of uh, umpireness. Yes. And you know how I feel about umpires. Mm-hmm. This one of my teammates actually rest his soul, rest in peace, Ryan Costello. He, he tragically passed away, not to get morbid. Um, but one of my teammates, first pro professional AB, rips one off the batter's eye at Peoria Stadium, um, you know, in, in Arizona. Right very clearly off the batter's eye it's there's a yellow line so just very clearly off the batter's eye umpire calls it a double like ground rule double (laughs) just like how do you even call that so it's it is the most like rookie ball is like a circus act right that's like all right that's a testament to the guys that do make it though because you have to overcome stuff like that a double versus a home run in in your stats that's a big difference. In the minor leagues? Yeah. In the minor leagues? That's a big difference. And, yeah, no, it was uh, – especially your first professional at bat as well. Like, think of, like, how – thankfully, they overturned the call. Okay. I'm sure his okay. partner – yeah, yeah, we'll dis- disclose that. They did overturn the call, but his partner must have been, like, fucking idiot. Like, what are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> wow. That is crazy, man. So also, you know, we talked, we kind of talked about it as well when we mentioned some of these minor league teams and stadiums just Thanosing and going away. Hopefully it doesn't happen to too many of them. But what does that do for indie ball? That indie ball, you talk about a melting pot. I mean, I know people that have like gotten cut from places like multiple times that have played any ball. So you talk about a melting pot. I could only imagine what they're expecting. So, like I talked about some of the guys that got cut in that first go round. Now they're playing indie ball. So kind of, this is a college baseball podcast. So kind of talking about that log jam uh, in college, that's about to happen. There's going to be something going on with indie ball because they're already established they know what's going on. I haven't, I don't follow any indie ball accounts on Twitter. So 
I couldn't tell you if they're planning on playing or not. My guess would be they're going to try. I, I don't know. Maybe the places that are in, well, I was going to say Texas, but now all these places are blowing up again. But you got to think they're going to at least try. If they are able to pull it off, these kids are going to be like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're, we're hitting them up and they're going to be like, come on. So sorry to the, probably the indie ball players that got to put on their Instagram professional athlete. You know, it's probably going to be a rough go for you in a couple yeah. months here. Yeah, no, like, and and just even so, like, the leagues, like, how obviously, you know, these small town minor league teams, it's really important to the economy. Right. So I I think that some of these leagues, but I don't even know how you make that transition. Do you have to, does minor league baseball, like, have to release you? It's like almost like a player where they're just releasing a team or releasing a league. And yeah. then leagues like the Northwest League that are, you know, it was what I played in. It's a short season league. Are those going to become just indie ball leagues? Because right. if so, like, what does that mean for the other indie ball leagues? Like, it's a domino effect that yeah. that just kind of keeps rippling around. And, and it, it has such a you, – you wouldn't think that having – you know, eight levels in the minor leagues and making some cuts would have such a profound effect, but it it really does. Is it, it really because does. it's just based, it's been going on for so long, you know, right. you can't, if you pull any, the plug on anything um, and everything is relative, you know, a little bit of money to these owners is a lot of money to some of these small towns. So I want to do, and I think you kind of beat me to it by saying eight. I don't know if that was just a random number if that is the number i think it would be a good exercise for you to go through because like we talked about college baseball where do these guys go we talked about rookie ball um but also just for common knowledge i think most people that even follow the sport but maybe just never played or just kind of follow it on a little bit more than a surface level yeah i know there's single a double a triple a why don't you go into depth you you alluded to it earlier on the names of each league or not or each level all the way up to the big leagues starting with right and and this is where the audience is the the loyal loving audience sorry about our little hiatus last week by the way love you guys yes um this is where you're gonna be like are you kidding me like how did how did this whose idea was this was this just like a money generator but obviously not because you have to pay the players even though you pay them dirt but Mm -hmm. So there is what's called rookie ball. Like rookie ball is the Arizona League, the AZL, and right. the Gulf Coast League. I'm keeping count, by the way, as well. Right. So those are, those are the same thing. So it's all the teams that have their facilities in Arizona, all the teams that have their facilities in Florida. That is like the generic rookie ball, which, like I said, that is a circus. Because you're either in Arizona in the summer with no fans in the stands, shitty umpires. You have to go get foul balls sometimes if you're a pitcher, like you're on foul balls. Oh, you have man. to be the bat boy. Um, so that is generic rookie ball. And wait, then, wait, wait. Does every level you're about to say have a representative from each team? What do you mean? Like a, te- like, 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 a te- like a team from each organization? No. See, that is where you're going to be like, what the hell? So some teams don't have a high A team. No, I think most teams have a high A team. So most teams, there's some teams that have 
two different rookie ball teams or three different rookie ball teams. So the next league. Okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. Get back to it. So rookie right. ball. No, I'm gonna, I'll get into it because it is confusing as hell. So we have generic rookie ball, and then you move up, and it's what's called short season rookie ball. It's not short season A ball like I was in. It's called short season rookie ball, which I believe there's two leagues. I believe there's one that's uh, it's like Utah, um, Montana. It's like the, the Dodgers have a team there. Um, Grand Junction, uh, Colorado has a team there. And then there's another league on the East Coast that it's like Vermont and, and, and you know, it, it's probably my buddy that played at Vermont told me about their facilities there. Brutal. Um, so that's short season rookie ball, which is like a level up from the generic rookie ball. So that's already two levels. Now you have short season A ball. So you're not even too high A yet, and you are already at three levels of the minor leagues. That's already three, you know, two mountains that you have to climb. So that one is the Northwest League, and I believe it's called – don't quote me on it. It's uh, – I don't even know. So it, it's on the East Coast. So right. there's two short season A-ball leagues. Then you go up to low A, which is the Midwest and the Carolina League. So it's like Clinton, Iowa, Cedar Rapids – um, the Midwest and that, that league, the, the Midwest league, God bless the people of the Midwest. Right. Clinton, Iowa, that's it, it, the city smells like dog food. I'm just, <laughs> let's, let's put it straight up. It, it smells like dog food. Um, still love it by the way. Love the minor leagues. You have the Carolina league. That's like uh, Myrtle beach. Um, West Virginia has a team there. Then you go up to high A, which is where it kind of starts to get like really serious where, you know, okay. it's, it's, you're, you know, we're at one five th right now, right? I, th I think this is four rookie, 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 <laughs> short season, a low yes. A. Yeah. This is the fifth level of the minor leagues <laughs> and we're at high A. Yes. Yes. And that's supposed like I I played in high A a little bit like it's it's good it's really good mm -hmm. you you obviously you know there's some dudes but and that and that's what I was gonna get to like you start to see it in in high A where it's like okay these guys are actually like starting to look like grown men right you know in right. in low A it's it's a lot of like really good college players still but it's guys that are like freshly drafted and they're starting to get huge. Mm -hmm. IA it's like okay like grown men now playing against right. grown men that's the California League and Florida could be Florida I don't know um and then you go to double A of course and double A is I've heard the pitching is better in double A but the hitting's better in triple A because they're veteran hitters they have they're approaches they know yeah. exactly what's coming but also double A you're facing like a hundred on a right. daily basis. But they're, those are the guys doing the jumps. They're skipping triple A. Right. Cause I heard if you're a boss, you skip triple A. You you pretty much skip triple A is a ton of, of guys, either, you know, journeyman dudes that are, um, 
super old, like Gordon Beckham was in, was in AAA, you know, when I was with the Mariners and that guy's been around forever. <laughs> he was on the Giants at one point. I think the Mariners had, and, and I think they had the oldest AAA team I had ever seen. It was like Ross Detweiler, uh, <laughs> Gordon Beckham was on the team. It was just like a group of, of Grizzly vets, but Dude, I mean, that's seven levels. That's seven. So we counted seven people. So next time, if you want to be the smart person, I don't know the next time we're going to have water cooler talk, but Zoom water cooler talk. The next time someone says, yeah, did you hear about the minor leagues? They cut single A, double A, triple A. You tell them, actually, there's seven levels, and you will be the smart sports person at the office. At what what time – period did they start to implement like multiple levels of the minor leagues because there's no way you know 1800s by the way i do have a little bonus for the audience a little bonus question nothing related to what we're talking about but at what point do you think they were like you know what we got to start adding levels and adding more levels and adding more levels well i'll oh do you know the answer i have no idea well, I will tell you this. Everyone talks about Mike Piazza going super late. I Googled it a couple weeks ago thinking the, the whole um, – the 40 rounds thing I was I, – I want to say in the early-ish 2000s, 40 rounds. Mike Piazza got drafted in the 62nd round. So to answer your question, I don't know when it got implemented. It's probably when they decided to have 60 – at least 62 rounds. Dude. I mean, why like 62 rounds? That means that there was way more than 62. There's probably 70. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I think people say he was mystery relevant. I don't know if he was actually the last pick, though. I just know he was super late. Yeah, and, and wait, so – but he didn't – how long did it take him to go through the minors? Like, I don't know. I, I, I fact-checked myself because it was, it was a couple weeks ago. In the 1988 MLB amateur draft, Mike Piazza, as a favor, from the Miami-Dade Community College, shout-out to community colleges, shout-out to community college players, got drafted in the 62nd round as the 1,390th player. Wow. I, I truly don't know how, I mean, I guess because, you know, you have so many people on a team and, and you have to replace guys fast based on performance, like, and that's why they're like, it just kept expanding and expanding and expanding, but I don't know. And, and it sucks because I don't want to play the card of let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of them because I have, I know people like those are human beings that are that's that's their dream like I don't want to be on the side of well fuck them you know fuck them and it's like no but there has to be some other solution to where number one you pay minor leaguers more to actually make a living and you condense the number of rounds in the draft like you condense that number to where minor leaguers aren't feeling that anxiety all the time of feeling irreplaceable or feeling replaceable. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I, I not, not to sound, I guess, I don't think pessimistic is the perfect term, but honestly, man, 
I think we did talk about it on this show before. Anything after 20, and I'm highballing it at 20, just don't, there's no need to give them that hope. I say you do, like like we said, right now, I think they're carrying 30, and then there's another 30 for like the taxi. If you look at that, like other leagues, that's still more. That's still more than like a G League roster, and NFL doesn't have a, you know, a minor league they system. They got the lingerie so, league. They got the lingerie <laughs> league. They got the CFL, the yeah. AFL, um, the the yeah. So, to be honest with you, I just think that this will probably prove that. Hey, and if you look at it from a marketing standpoint, how? Wouldn't it be better, and I'm just thinking about this right now, wouldn't it be better if some of these guys that are from the College World Series or fresh off the draft, you get to see them in spring training games? Like, your Major League Baseball has an issue with how many people are watching this on TV and who's going to the games and all these types of things and young people not being into it. If now you have the college crowd who – you know, just finished watching the College World Series. Now they want to see what happens to that guy because they know they're going to see him maybe in one year, maybe in two mm-hmm. years, maybe in less than one year. Not, you know, and not, let's, why would we watch the draft? We're not going to see these guys for, sure, it doesn't take everybody seven years, but it's possible if it right. doesn't pan out. Why not just know, are they going to pan out? And I know there's some young guys out there right now who clearly flew through the minor league system, but that means it wasn't necessary. All you want is the cream anyway. And I get it. We all have favorite players. I had like a Niger Morgan, all these types of guys that came from late in the draft. I get it, but times are changing and it just helps you stay relevant. These as when you watch the, you think about it like this NBA does that summer league. Right, right after the draft, normally before the pandemic, mm-hmm. these guys you just saw drafted. Now you get to watch them play against the right. other guys. So it's basically, you're basically watching them and they're a, a college competition, but they're wearing NBA stuff. And I'll sit down and I'll watch that every single time. Imagine doing that and you know marketing it like that versus rookie ball, low rookie ball, fast rookie ball, slow rookie ball. Like that could be a song right there. Like. It's just crazy, man. Rookie ball song, yeah. Rookie no, and, song. and it's started to – it's already started to be like that because more and more guys are actually getting signed out of indie ball just because they're they're men. Like, they're double-A right. ready. They're triple-A ready. And they throw – they just – all of a sudden, they start doing weighted balls and they get this velocity jump. So, it's already started. Like, they're replacing guys from indie ball all the time. Like, there was a guy that – uh, that we signed at the very – literally signed him at the end of the season uh, when I was in Arizona, when I was playing in the AZL, my first year of, of pro ball. And this guy, Raymond Kerr, just signed him like random free agent. One outing. One outing in rookie ball. He was 88-92, 1-2-3, struck out two. Now he's up in high A and he's throwing 100. And so from the left side. There you go. And so it's like. Sounds like my nightmare also. Oh, oh, I'd be so scared. I mean, <laughs> I don't even hit, but <laughs> it, it's already started to where they're just finding guys from everywhere. 
and and that's what I'm saying. You right. have you you just did forty rounds, and you're still looking. You're in still indie looking. Ball? Yeah. So you might as well, you know the. I I think maybe, and we're gonna switch gears a little bit when we talk about overseas. And we did a a segment a couple weeks ago that Orlando loved. He really wanted to tell everyone where he wanted to go, where he didn't want to go in his Some make ball. believe version of a over uh, indie ball or sorry overseas league um and now it's one of those things where we were talking about this in the pre-show that's looking like a viable option too because and i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about that as a because to your point like you said in the pre-show you got to get the scouts out there they're clearly not I, i wouldn't i wouldn't be willing to bet that they're out there as much as they're out here in the u.s just going to different indie ball spots you know some of those places are close to you know they have area scouts and things like that but i'm looking at it if i'm you know maybe one of these guys um that maybe didn't make that first cut you know and maybe it's like okay let me do indie ball for maybe a year and then let me see what's out there i have a pedigree of being in the minors maybe i don't have to play in the lowest level overseas and I think if anything, if they don't, even if they change, even if they change it, if if they listen to us, if Major League Baseball is listening to Believe in College Baseball right now, they do, let's say, double A, triple A, big leagues, right? There's nothing wrong with, and we talked about this in the pre-show. Sometimes I think about, you know, you wanted to get to the big leagues and it didn't happen, or you realized it wasn't going to happen, then you hang them up. And now I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, playing professionally overseas probably wouldn't have been that bad. But obviously at that age, the tunnel vision is I want to play in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. So if they change people's expectations by saying we're only taking this amount of people, just like they do in the NBA, there's only two rounds, right? right. A lot of these guys that we don't see, they, they might get a sniff in the, in the G League or, you know, they'll show up randomly once or twice. But then they just go overseas and have a great time. Now, overseas basketball is – probably a a good bit ahead of overseas baseball, but it's the same idea. And I think this is an opportunity to build that up. We're talking Europe, European baseball, right? Because, because Asia, you know, the the Asian baseball. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yes, I'm thinking a, right. I think more people would be willing to go to Europe versus Asia. So that's my point, like building that up. And maybe now that's more of a premier spot to go because European basketball is good. You talk about, like, we talk about, everyone talks about growing the game. Like, why not set up, you know, an academy? I don't know. I don't know if they have one. But, right. I mean, the, I know the Australian League is really good. The Australian League is is wild, by the way, where they, I think they use, I don't know if this is true, but I'm just going to say it anyway. But oh, they, I go. think they used like bomb bats in Italy or they, or not Italy in Australia. They use some sort of like, I love that. Yeah. I, I can't. The bomb bats are my De Marini, my rubber De Marini one. I, yeah, I don't know. They, I know they used to, at least they used to use some sort of like really, really, really hitter friendly bat. Yeah, um, yeah. But the Australian league is good though. Like that's a, that's a pretty good league. That would be something, you know, again, like that's pretty far away. If you have something in a facility in England or like Italy right. or something like that, then I mean, I told you in the pre-show, if they had a, a decent professional league in Italy, I would have gone there in a heartbeat 
and and just yeah. been a 20-year vet in the Italian league and and won some Cy Young. Exactly, exactly. And we don't know that it necessarily has to be um, connected to Major League Baseball. We know that everything that's in the Dominican and stuff like that, that's more of like an academy. So these, these kids right. are really young. Now we're talking about, hey, we're trying to keep this going. If I have any money and I'm in Europe right now, I am either – I'm probably just trying to create a new team within a league and be like, yo, we're going to make this team or make this league way better. I'm reaching out to all these guys. That's what I'm doing right now Mm -hmm. because it it is, it is interesting to see. And like the old adage goes, if you're good, they'll find you. So I think it really just cuts a lot of the fat off this thing. And now, and I get it. Baseball purists, baseball purists, there's baseball purists. And then there's, guys that actually know it. How many baseball purists actually know that there are seven rounds? I'm willing to bet not that many. They just know they don't want a universal DH. So they don't even know what's going on behind the scenes or how crazy this is. The only people that do know are people that either got drafted, know someone that literally, not, not your Instagram friends, really know someone that got drafted and you're watching their path or their family member or something. Not that many people know. They mm-hmm. don't. And as many yeah. articles come out and stuff like that, I mean, okay. You know, right. like I remember it was a while ago, a big article came out on how minor leaguers were being treated and it got a little bit of pub, but major league baseball didn't have to change anything. No, no. I this mean, that's almost their a long play. They yeah. Just every once in a while. I mean, we, you know, what we should do for next week is look up, who is the – because I think I've done it and it hasn't popped up. I'll look up, um, like, biggest star. I think there was a couple pitchers. I think there's mostly pitchers. But biggest star from, like, after the 30th round ever, ever. And there is not a lot. What I'll Google it and what will come up is, like, Albert Pujols, who didn't go that late but went later than he wanted. Right. You know, he was a junior college guy too. So like in like yeah. Missouri in 2000 when they didn't have scouts everywhere. Right. right. So that's, yeah, that's the big thing. Um, right. I'm going to hold you to that. I just wrote it down. So good. That's the equivalent of that story. Everybody saw the last dance, Michael Jordan. The story goes, he, he was never this. We, we never saw him this upset ex- except for when he got cut from varsity. Well, a lot of people don't know the story to that. He got cut as a sophomore. It's not like he was a junior. He was still technically, I, I don't know. I guess you're an under, he, I think you're an underclassman if you're still a sophomore. And he was I don't know. small. He never grew. Yeah, it's like, he, it's not like everyone gets two years. So no, he wasn't extraordinary at the time. But right. it comes, the story kind of goes like he was an underdog. He was never an underdog. He just wasn't the guy the at shit. that time. Yeah. yeah. Rant right. over, rant over. So, my last thing before we get done and and this is something that was brought to my attention last night how did this has nothing to do we're going to do a quick pivot here before we end the show how what did catchers how many catchers like used to die and teams like in the in the 18 from 1880 to like 1920 or 30 when they couldn't wear masks so like how did they just get like wear a foul tip to the face, like one foul tip to the face. You could either be dead. You could be out of the game. You can't treat concussions. You might, if, okay, even, even a, a, a 
foul tip to the finger, you might have to get your finger amputated. In Probably. Like 1902. So I don't know how – there's not many stories about that. It, I wonder Probably if MLB is covering it up that yes. the amount of catcher deaths or some sort of, you know, disability that they, that they got um, from foul tips – foul balls like just missing the ball because i'm sure they weren't that good back in the day so like i I don't know i'd love to hear your take on on catchers wearing masks yeah that's that's definitely an interesting one also um pitchers because they tried to cover it now about should pitchers wear helmets we know they weren't wearing helmets back then and their gloves were were not as mittens uh, yeah yeah, I don't think a lot of them even knew like what what hand they were supposed to be catching the ball with. So, I don't know. I don't know. I and you know, like big historian over here. I was just wondering. I, I, and if one of the listeners knows, please let us know because uh, I this is fascinating. I think there's a probably a mass cover up. That's my that's my thought. But anyway, that's it. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Well, everybody, I'm. Hoping, we're hoping that you enjoyed our kind of talk. I know it was a tough one, but we're doing the best we can. Honestly, like we said, we've had a lot. Most of our guests have been minor leaguers. So shout out Orlando with all the hookups. So our thoughts go out to them. Hopefully, like Orlando's dream, Abitha makes a league and they can just all go out there and party until it's time to go to the big leagues. I will be making a comeback if that's the case. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. Strength and honor. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.